Welcome to Dungeons & Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about how to keep your players eager for more and when to boil them alive. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. As the ancient key is slotted into the massive door, draconian runes flicker, their faint light seen beneath an eternity of dust and grime. Metal scrapes against rock, and the walls themselves tremble as the mechanisms that have held it in place since before the four empires were born breathe life into it once more. A crack can be seen developing in the middle of the door as it splits open, and a brilliant bright white light keeps you from seeing what's on the other side. And that's where we'll pick up in our next game. Building tension is an effective tool for keeping your players engaged, keeping them wanting more and getting them excited about coming back for another session. It's a tactic that's used in almost every kind of media. The cliffhanger is sometimes over often used as a trope of getting people to come back to something, whether it's another week's episode or another episode on Netflix, getting you to continue binging or wanting you to just turn the page to the next chapter in the book. It's something that is it satisfies our curiosity. We, as people, want to know what happens next. What's going to happen? What is the answer to the unanswered? And these types of tropes, these cliffhangers, can be used in a number of really incredible and amazing ways. And sometimes they're some of the most tense and nerve-wracking portions. It's that moment where a role can define what happens for an entire campaign. There are those pivotal moments where everybody is on the edge of their seat hoping and wondering and waiting for the dice to stop turning to see what the result is. And this is a, a wonderful tactic, and I think that it has a lot of use, and I think it's something that you should kind of plan towards. I think that a lot of times there are just situations where the end of a session can end up kind of floundering out. And having some pivotal moments planned and ready can really go a long way toward re-engaging a party that maybe is somewhat, you know, starting to get a little bit, you know, I any any number of situations actually, if if they're getting bored or if there is some inner party tension where different characters may start having some scuffling, being able to have a tool to realign everyone and get everyone excited for the next event or to to understand what's going to happen next can go a long way towards kind of reuniting everybody under a common goal. It gets people talking, it gets them interested, it brings all of their attention forward. It's very rare, for me at least, to see a cliffhanger and then be in uninterested afterwards, unless the cliffhanger involves a character that I'm not attached to, which is a whole probable topic upon its own about, you know, making sure that if you are going to use a cliffhanger, have it be something focused around what your players are already invested in. And while cliffhangers are not the only topic of this episode, I thought it would be a really good way to kind of introduce the the topic of letting things simmer. So 
to start, let's kind of talk about like what is a simmer and what is a boil? How are they different? Well, boiling is water that is, you know, or a, a liquid of any kind that is a, kind of a rolling boil. Bubbles are coming up from the bottom and they're bursting on the surface. They're they're popping. They're causing a lot of motion on the surface of the water. And a simmer is you can have like tiny bubbles at the bottom of a pan and you may see the bubbles, but they're not agitating the surface of the water or the broth or whatever. The surface tension keeps them from bursting and instead you get steam or, it, you know, depending on what it is, maybe like a smoke or something else. But oftentimes when we're dealing with a, a simmer, it's like a steam. You get a lot of aromatics from it and it's not there's not a lot of motion on the top of the surface. It's a very smooth, you know, but hot. You know that it's getting it's getting close to boiling, but it's not quite there yet. And you can leave things at a simmer if you if you really dial in your temperature, you can let them simmer for whole days um, or longer. And I think that the idea of simmering something is really important when it comes to your story and your campaign. There's a lot of ways that you can can kind of apply this, and one of my favorite ways is instead of having like one massive cliffhanger, having kind of multiple story threads that are all ongoing, giving your players enough that they can kind of pick the direction of the campaign, and you have an, or I would have an idea of what's going to happen next in certain areas, but making it kind of a choice. If you decide to pursue this avenue and you, you have to travel to this kingdom maybe and that's going to mean that you can't pursue this other angle that something may happen while you're away that a plot could advance while you're gone and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that or your players will another way that you can kind of do this is like i said the the cliffhanger and when I mention that having kind of a cliffhanger in your pocket and when to use it, it's always going to de be determined by your own campaign and the things that you have going on. But if there is a situation where you need it to help align the players, either because you need something to really energize everyone and, and get everybody kind of re-engaged back into it and get them excited about what's going to happen next, or... If uh, you may be using it to, like we said, kind of help quash some interpersonal, you know, situations by getting all the, getting everybody in character where they can be aligned to a common cause, then you can actually use this to call a game early. It's it's okay to let a game end early. You, if you just because you set aside two hours or four hours for a session, doesn't mean that you have to fill all of that time with the game you can call it at two and a half hours or three call it at a, a midpoint because it may be more important to let your players align and let them have that time to want to play and have that time to want to be engaged that can be more important than taking a five minute break and coming back through and saying okay and on the other side of the door is whatever and you keep on going and letting it letting it simmer, it, it, when you're cooking, you often simmer things to bring out flavor. Because a lot of flavors don't just, just because you heat something up doesn't mean that 
all of its flavors unlocked and now it's in especially with like a broth or something a broth or a soup especially there are a lot of flavors that take time to mix and take time to bond chemically to other either proteins or uh, flavoring agents that are within a broth or, or a soup or whatever and they don't this doesn't happen automatically things take time to homogenize and to settle out or settle in and the the concept of simmering things is to draw as much flavor out and to get as much of a homogenous uh, mixture as you can, and it allows you to do things like uh, skimming off, you know, fats or uh, lipids and other kinds of foam or whatever, depending on what you're cooking, without having all of this splattering. And that's what happens a lot of times when you boil stuff, is you run several risks. Uh, the first risk in boiling is charring or burning of heavier items as they sink down to the bottom. This actually just happened to me not too long ago with a batch of chili. I had the heat up just a little bit too high, and I didn't have a thick bottom uh, stock pot. I had a, a pretty thin bottom pot, and I had uh, some of the, the thicker like tomato paste and some of the meat and stuff. Some of the beans sank to the bottom. I wasn't stirring it constantly. I thought I was simmering it, but it ends up I let it boil, and it scorched on the bottom of the pot and very nearly ruined a very large batch of chili. When I make chili, I make big batches. So it was a, it was a lot to risk ruining. And it still has a little bit of a, a taste to it, but not bad enough to really throw it out. So more for, you know, chili dogs and, and maybe Frito chili pie or something. But that's against the point. You run the risk of burning stuff is a, is a big risk. And uh, another is splattering, especially with thicker sauces like a marinara or a chili. If you're boiling it, those big bubbles that are coming up to the surface and exploding are going to throw sauce on your ceiling, on the backsplash, on your microwave, or, or all over your stove, wherever you're cooking. It's going to get everywhere, and it's going to make a mess, and it's a lot to clean up. Now, that's not to say that boiling doesn't have its uses, but you have to know when to boil and kind of when to simmer. And the same can apply to your story. There's a time to boil. Uh, when all of the players come back for the next session, starting back off of, you know, we left and there was a bright, brilliant white light as the door was opening, and now you can see as the light kind of dissipates and things clear the dragon on the other side, or I, I don't really hit this is not a prepared piece of campaign, but whatever you have there, doing the reveal, and if it is a monster or a big bad evil guy or something to some kind of conflict, starting with that boil and jumping right into the big, messy, violent, erratic kind of situation is totally fine. It's going, all of the players have been waiting for it, and and that's kind of the other side of that, is if you do build that tension, make sure to have something to go on the other side of it, some kind of reward. Because if you build tension and there is no reward on the other side, then players can be kind of let down. Like, I got my hopes up for a week, and on the other side, it's just a room with a chair. Like, where did the light come from? What's, is there any, what's the solution to the mystery here? Who, which was the character that died, you know? Let your characters know and give them that, that reasonable, suspenseful moment. Give them the resolution of it and have that, that, that reward there because that's what everybody, you know, have, answer the question. Most cliffhangers 
are simply asking a question, what happens next? And having that answer ready is, is you know, can be really rewarding. And having it be a boil is fine. Having it be conflict and, you know, maybe they even see the boss before the the session ends. You know, the lich rises up out of the, the sacrificial tomb and that's where you cut the episode. But don't be afraid to cut it early. And some players may squawk at you. Actually, if they squawk at you, it's probably even better. If your players are like, oh, we want to go, keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going, that's an even better sign to shut it down because that means that they're excited. And this is not to say that if your players want to play more and you have more content written out that you should, you know, have a cliffhanger in the first 10 minutes of a four-hour session and call it quits and say next week, like, you know, it's it's all personal judgment here. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a place to, to be able to call things early. And I think that it's an important idea to keep in mind and a tool that you can use for more than just good storytelling but you can actually leverage it to get some get some results from your party and and get everybody on the same page get everybody excited and keep things going kind of keep uh, a method of of burnout which is a topic that i would like to discuss someday in a little bit more depth but uh kind of on the other side of burnout or along with burnout is kind of a boredom burnout. And I've seen it happen a lot when there's kind of a lot of the the lead up and the storytelling that needs to happen, a lot of exposition needs to be dropped for your hook. It can sometimes cause certain players, especially more high energy, like combat focused players, may end up getting a little disenfranchised there the action is what keeps them involved and if it's two or three or four sessions in a row especially longer sessions of nothing but exposition and nothing but investigation then some players can kind of hit this boredom burnout where if there's not something exciting for them if there's not a good question that they want to have the answer to or a good situation that they want to have the answer to the usually the answer is resolved through conflict of some sort then they may kind of burn out and get tired in a separate kind of way where it's just they're they don't find it exciting or entrancing on the flip side it's important to not overuse a cliffhanger or to over simmer things you can overcook many foods you can cook potatoes until they turn into nothing but starch and you have a kind of thickened jelly-like fluid, if you really cook a potato long enough, it'll pretty much dissolve. And in the same way, if you have too many cliffhangers or back-to-back-to-back, that can be exhausting as well, that not everything needs to be a cliffhanger. Not everything needs to be a a tense moment of nerve-wrecking, you know, anxiety. That can be too much. And so just making sure that you are sparsing, you know, sparsing these things out and, and sprinkling them in where they are useful and effective is a good way of kind of letting these things grow. It's also important to kind of think about the, the types of cliffhangers you might want in your story and where you might be able to most effectively use them. If it is only going to be 15 minutes before into your next session before the cliffhanger happens because just everybody had to go before they could get their last session, 
then you may want to look and see if there's some way that you can either draw that time out a little bit to push it closer to like a halfway point or a break, or maybe even just, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, you know, further down the road, just to see if you can give a little bit of space in there to, to get that tension built up. Because it's one of those things where a lot of players, at least myself, I take a while to really get into character. The first you know, 15 minutes of everybody getting together, if not half an hour or an hour, is catching up and, and just being friends and hanging out, having some snacks, waiting for players to arrive, you know, leveling up characters, checking through books, you know, figuring out what spells I want, etc. And then the, when the game starts, it still takes a good 10, 15, 20 minutes to really get back into character and get excited for what my character's doing and really remembering how they act, and what kinds of actions they would take to be less me and more the character. So if the cliffhanger isn't something that you can drop uh, at the end of a session, then you may look at saying, you know, is there some way that I can kind of push this forward a little bit and see, is the is does it have to be right here? Or is there a way that I can add one extra room into the dungeon? a false door, a secret area, a clue that they may have missed something earlier, giving them some direction or misdirection or a red herring to kind of throw the party off for a little bit. That way, when the cliffhanger does come up, everybody's in character and the moment is much more tense. There's also a difference between a fragile cliffhanger or a fragile food that wants to be simmered or should be simmered and one that can be boiled, something that can just be thrown out into the wayside and, and immediately reacted to. A situation like a, a big bad evil guy that doesn't really have, everybody knows where he is, they know what she's doing or who they're about to attack, there's no real question about their motives or anything like that, is probably something that you can allow to just boil, throw the characters in, let them make mistakes, let the character drama be the cliffhanger, let the dice rolls be the cliffhanger, and let things unfold as they normally would. Whereas a situation where there's especially like emotional investment, the more emotionally invested the characters are going to be in a situation, the more you will probably want to simmer that to bring out the flavors involved in that emotional interaction, right? To let them percolate and build to something that is going to be much more impactful than if you just crank the heat up to 11 and deliver it. Uh, a burn, the pain of a burn is over very quickly, and then you are allowed to deal with it. Whereas, you know, the slow building boil is where people start to sweat and they start to wonder what's going to happen and they, they ask themselves questions. Again, it's a delicate balance between too little and too much, too fast, too quickly, or not hot enough. And those types of things are difficult to say in regards to D&D. They're a lot easier to talk about in regards of food because, well, you know, cook times are a thing. So it's a lot easier to get a recipe for, uh, you know, how long you should steam broccoli or boil a potato, and a lot harder to find out how long you should simmer the emotional investment of the rogue tabaxi before you deliver the, the killing blow of their, you know, lover's traitorous in actions. And 
So that's not something that's really quite as formulaic, unfortunately. So it's hard for me to give you any kind of exact timings on these kinds of things. It's one of those things that you do just have to kind of play with it some. But definitely keep in mind the other types of media that have presented situations similar to ones that you may be trying to run or ones that you may find yourself in. There's plenty of examples in your favorite TV shows and books that are fine to, you know, use and and twist and make your own or present in your own light and and understand and just kind of observe where other types of media use cliffhangers. A, a lot of books will cliffhanger at the end of one chapter and resolve that cliffhanger at the start of the next. Just as many uh, do a really interesting thing, which is sometimes a little bit harder to portray in a campaign, but it can be done, which is having one cliffhanger set up and then moving everything to a different perspective. So you have one character opening the door to the the home where they believe their lover is, and then the start of the next chapter is a different character in a different location. So that tension, you don't get that immediate resolution of what's happening because the main character is now not the focus of the story. This is a little bit harder to pull off in a campaign, but it can be done. Uh, there are ways of kind of changing the location of action, either through very direct and aggressive means, such as teleports, uh, bosses teleporting away, or going through runic circles, or passing through a portal into another dimension or realm. It, you know, a very direct way like that is a good way of kind of taking the action off. Another is kind of what I discussed earlier, is having multiple of these points available. And this doesn't mean that the players won't know anything about a plot hook or a plot point that's happening on another continent. That's probably something that they can learn from either their own contacts if they're using messaging spells, or they could find in news of a city, uh, maybe someone came from one of the farther away lands on a boat or, or through messengers or whatever, and news does spread. So there's ways of informing the players that something may be happening tied to a different plot on the other side of the world, and that on its own can cause tension. Do they continue with their current quest or abandon it and go back to the other one? Those are ways that you can have the kind of multiple pots on the stove sort of situation where you have different things at different temperatures and letting the players juggle what they should let boil over and become a mess and what they should, you know, follow through and be their active sort of campaign or, or whatever. So the final topic of discussion for things to simmer is that around you, you can simmer and build tension into the environment itself. The there are a lot of smaller questions that we a lot of times ask subconsciously that you can kind of answer to start drawing your players in and building a story through that theater of mind. This all comes back to really just environment, little environmental clues. One of the easiest ways that you can kind of simmer any kind of moment is through dramatic music. Having any kind of music. There's actually a lot of free and open source options, uh, whether you have a, a phone or a stereo or a, a YouTube on a TV with the, the you know, brightness set to zero or whatever, just setting it on a bit different background. You can find free samples of music, of 
towns, taverns, uh, your favorite, you know, battle music from a video game or just, you know, Celtic music. And there's all kinds of genres that you can use to help give that environment a little bit more depth. Of course, this does put another layer of work onto the DM, but this doesn't have to just be the DM's job. If you've got a friend in the campaign, a player that is the, the resident DJ, it's fine to say, you know what, you're the one that's really good at picking music. If you'd ever like to change the, the, the song and give us a background, that would be great. Uh, as long as this person also isn't the same one juggling the players journaling, because sometimes there's only one of them, <laughs> and they're a pretty important player, then, you know, that giving your players additional jobs, it's okay to have the music not match the exact moment that they burst through the door and see a dragon on the other side. It can be somebody's job to just, hey, can you help set the mood? And once again, now we have everybody helping out, everybody doing something to keep them engaged. And if it's a minute late from them arriving in town because they were just excited to hear the description of town, then so be it. If it is something that you can handle and you want to get really intense, then you can find ways of having keyboard shortcuts macroed out to different tracks. And, and there's a lot of interesting applications and sites that you can use for that sort of thing. And even a few uh, paid services that have some pretty good options as well. So music is a really easy way of help building that simmer, building the tension, or just adding some depth and flavor to your environment. Another one is to use a lot of description. So describe things that you don't normally describe to your players and see if they cue in on that tension. So if you don't normally use scent, as a descriptor, which of I don't generally do and I don't see a lot of people do, anytime where scent is described, it's usually to build tension about the environment, whether it's, you know, a rank sewer or if it's a, you know, an open forest that suddenly smells of cinnamon or sulfur, uh, things that you can kind of clue players into giving them that like danger moment where there's a flash of this could be a bad idea. It's one thing to, I mean, if they're climbing a mountain and they smell sulfur, it's probably because there's, you know, a volcano very close by. They may be just near the peak of something that they didn't quite expect to see the center of the mountain suddenly boiling. You can also use it to build in depth and flavor of like sweeter flavors, more gentle and calming things like the that the as they're traveling through the plains they encounter a large lavender field and you know the calming smells the sweet smells of bakeries throwing in a scent is a great way of telling players that this area has some depth to it it's a, a one of those senses that you just don't often hear used. We often describe what we see in an area or what my character sees in an area. And having other senses, sounds, uh, sense, uh, feelings, if the air feels thick, the humidity was so high that the air is thick against your skin and it feels, you know, you're instantly sweated, then 
that's a way to add that depth to an area, and that depth is a way to help build tension and key players in that this area is of interest. It's not just a place that you're passing through, but something's probably going to happen soon if a lot of things are being described in great detail. And that's a a good way of kind of building up that moment to say something is on the horizon, something about this area is important, or something around here could be very important, So the players need to start listening, start to be aware. And the greatest way of getting a player aware is to engage additional additional senses. For me, it can be very difficult if somebody is just describing visually every detail of an area. It can kind of, those details can start getting lost. I can start having trouble visualizing every single thing. But when a visual is detail is given and then another sense is given, like a scent or a touch... I can see both of those things at the same time, kind of in the theater of the mind. I can feel the heat of the area, smell the, 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 you know, I'm trying to come up with an area on the fly here. I, I was getting a couple of locations mixed up. I was trying to think like what a, a desert oasis would smell like, what a, a desert would really smell like. Maybe just smelling, you know, the 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 sweat on your own skin can be something that you know and so you feel the dryness and and you are your the parched lips of your character some some way to engage and kind of grab somebody and say this is going to affect you or is affecting you the environment itself may just be the tense thing if you're trying to get out of a desert and there's no water and no food then that heat and that is that encroaching terror is that trouble that's that you've got to overcome and just engaging those senses is going to go a long way and into getting getting everybody kind of engaged and keeping them engaged and keeping them from hitting that moment of there's too much description. Because again, we don't want to over-describe things, you know, give just enough details, but in ensuring that each of those details has a, kind of a punch to them will go a long way toward getting everybody kind of engaged and nervous and that nervousness is what builds that tension of course we have to make sure that we do eventually finish cooking and that we like we said we talked about giving the reward answering the question getting through the encounter getting past the next survival role and then pulling things off take it off the heat let things resolve because if you overboil it, you don't want to turn them into a bunch of potato mush. It's just no good way to have your players end up. So don't overboil your players. Try to simmer your situations out. And uh, when you're cooking, I often simmer for usually uh, depending, of course. But uh, a lot of my soups and things, I simmer for a, a good long time. A lot of soups will simmer minimum a few hours, depending on what it is. And because I I like all I want to bring all those flavors together and I generally cook really big batches of stuff, which we'll get to in another episode. So so that's all for our episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, your comments or your episode ideas. All of my social media links and my contact information can be found on the card website, which is down in the show notes. If you're looking for more content, check out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form podcast about why gaming matters. It's co-hosted by myself and my dear friend, Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.